Welcome to the High Road to Leadership. I'm your host, Beverly Lewis, and we're going to proceed on our journey to the heart of success and significance today with a solo conversation with me about self-awareness. Really, this has to do with emotional intelligence. You hear me talk about the importance of EQ, which stands for emotional intelligence. I believe it's the meta skill of this century that we're in. It is absolutely essential for effective leadership. And yet, uh, it's something that it's very intriguing to me that 95% of people rate themselves as being very self-aware, but research shows that only 10 to 15% actually are. What does that look like? You know, the question I have for you, have you ever worked with somebody who was just clueless? You know, somebody that just didn't have any concept of how they were coming across to others and the effect that they were having on others? Actually, 99% of people say that they have worked with somebody like that. And we know that it is very uh, destructive to team building. It is uh, being able to have a strong sense of engagement and a positive team. It's a very big distraction to have people that are not self-aware. So we're going to be talking about that today. And what is self-awareness? It really is the will and the skill to understand who we are, including things like our values, patterns, and the impact that we have on others and how others see us. So that leads me to the question, if you could see yourself as others see you, would you like what you saw? And more important, would it be aligned with how you see yourself? And again, we tend to be very optimistic and rate ourselves better than we are. In fact, a study of over a million high school seniors, here's the facts, it's it's just kind of mind-blowing. This study said that a full 25% of these million seniors in high school said that they rated themselves as the, in the top 1% of all people in their ability to get along with others. And only 2% thought they were below average in their ability to get along with others. Now, this study was done decades ago, but Follow-up studies have shown that, unfortunately, this tendency of delusional (laughs) confidence in their ability to get along with others has continued. And if we look at the current atmosphere, whether it's politics, education, health care, oh my goodness, business, you know, you go down the list and, and finance, you look at what's going on and the strife. It, and I don't have to point that out to you. It's like, really? Are are people really that able to get along with others? No. So that's why it kind of comes back down to let's look at this self-delusion that most people are live on living in. In fact, uh, there's a research psychologist and she's an organizational psychologist, social researcher, Dr. Tasha Urich wrote a book called Insight, and I laughed out loud when I picked up my copy of this book, and it says, buy a copy for yourself and buy another to leave anonymously on your boss's desk. 
And I I laughed because when I do trainings and workshops with people, one of the comments that I get on suggestions of how this workshop could be improved, I all the time see the comments that this should be a required course for my boss or a required annual refresher course for senior managers. And and I hear those kind of comments all the time. So it tells me that we've got to continue to work on this. We've got to continue to work on our own self-awareness because it relates. That's where really our ability to see others and to see what's really going on in a situation and be able to make correct judgments and decisions, it, it all springs from that. And I'm reminded of when I first got glasses. I wear contact lenses and glasses, and I have since I was in fourth grade. And, you know, I didn't even know that I needed glasses. I used to always sit in the front row of classrooms, you know, and and, and I'd get teased that I wanted to be the teacher's pet. But the reality is, we found out when I was in fourth grade, I, I sat up there because I couldn't see. I couldn't see the blackboard. I couldn't see the teacher clearly. I couldn't see. So I had to be in the front because I'm very nearsighted. That means I can't see things far away. And so when you put on a lens of self-awareness, it's like when I got glasses in the fourth grade and all of a sudden I realized for the first time in my life that all the trees had individual green leaves. I just thought they were green blobs and I could see clearly. And that is what happens when we get self-awareness and are able to see things clearly. It it just makes us better. It makes us more effective leaders. In fact, some of the benefits of uh, self-awareness are that people that are highly self-aware have stronger relationships. They perform better at work. They're more creative. They're more. They have more success in job performance, and they are more effective leaders. So here's the thing. Today, I want to give you three ways that you can increase your own self awareness. And this doesn't mean sitting in a low lit room and um, meditating or anything like that. This is practical things. And the first one comes from a, a researcher that uh, R- Richard Weis- Weisbound called it zoom in, zoom out. And of course, this is easy for me to picture because when you are able to che- choose views on your computer and use, or, or let's, let's look at your uh, pictures on your phone, when you can zoom in when you're looking at pictures you took, and it, it's amazing how you can see detail. Uh, and the zoom in and zoom out when you're wanting to work on your perception of a situation, the zoom in is taking a closer look at how you're feeling about it. Why, you know, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling exasperated, you know, the list can go on and on. And I'm, I'm naming negative emotions, but zooming in and thinking, you know, what What has caused this? What has prompted this response in me? And th- those kinds of insights are part of zooming in to take a look at what's really going on here. A zoom out is when you step out of the situation 
to and step out of yourself and your own responses to look at the bigger picture. So that is a very good exercise to do, especially if you find tension escalating in a situation. You do the, you can just remind yourself that this zoom in, zoom out exercise can be very, very um, helpful. The second thing, the second tip that you can use is to build a relationship where feedback is given and received. Now, you know, at work, let's let's look at a work relationship, a work atmosphere. Feedback in the past used to be done with like annual reviews. And um, then I think that now people have realized that quarterly reviews are much more uh, helpful because, you know, it's, it's kind of blindsides people when you save all your feedback to just give them once a year and they're finding out at their yearly review that, you know, they've been needing to correct something for months and months and months. So I believe that most teams are finding it more effective to build cultures where feedback is welcome and received. And and that requires building an atmosphere of safety where people don't feel like they're going to get attacked um, and that feedback is not an attack. That and that that requires trust that requires all of these aspects of high emotional intelligence that results in really healthy teams and and of course the thing that i love about emotional intelligence which i often refer to as eq is that when you improve your EQ, when you raise your EQ, it's going to positively affect every relationship in your life. This is not just work stuff. It comes home. It Because how many marriages have dissolved with people who didn't talk about the problems. They didn't, they weren't able to articulate or address the matter that was causing all the dissension. Um, and they just kind of wor- worked around it or walked on eggshells with one another. And, and, and it's, I, I know somebody that was, her husband came in and one day was packing and literally leaving and dissolving the relationship. And she was completely shocked because there had been so little communication that she was also kind of clueless. She had disregarded all of all of the nonverbal communication and all of the symptoms of a dysfunctional relationship. She had disregarded that. That's that's not being very self-aware. You know, once we get down to this conversation, all of us can name people that we can name situations, we can name relationships, but it's a whole lot easier (laughs) to call it when it's somebody else's situation than our own. And that's what self-awareness is all about. So back to the subject of building an atmosphere where feedback can be, you know, received. I call it faster candor. you know, it's it's very important that when there's uh, when you've got a problem with somebody's behavior, learning to address it close to the behavior. And this sounds kind of very basic to me, but I had to learn it, and that's why it's basic. It's not basic when you don't know it, and learning to apply it is really very important. 
you know, when it comes to feedback, another thing that at work, sometimes you hear about 360 reviews, um, 360 reviews are often not very popular because that's when, uh, input and feedback is allowed from your coworkers, not just your, uh, managing people or su- supervisors, but it's 360 review is getting input from the whole team as, as to how you're doing. And, and this wouldn't be so tough if we got better at this faster candor. And you know what's interesting, and this, this could get into a lot of deep subjects, but I, I often talk about fierce conversations, courageous conversations, or difficult conversations. Pretty much they're all the same thing. It's just different language. And um, I talk about the importance of being willing to have those. And I found it very interesting that I got a recent checklist from Brene Brown, who, as we know, teaches a whole lot on... Uh, in her book, Dare to Lead is one of my favorite books, but she talked about one of the critical checklists of having one of these courageous conversations is going through this checklist to be sure that you're ready as the person who, uh, wants to instigate it and knows that it's important to have this faster candor, you also have to be ready to listen. And she has this checklist that includes things like you're ready to acknowledge your part in the problem. Oh, really? Yeah, that's called self-awareness, isn't it? So my goodness, it's there is a lot to this, but I'm I'm hoping that in my conversations about this on the high road to leadership is that it will challenge you, it will provoke you to think, it will give you some practical tools to move forward because getting better can be done like inch by inch, 1% at a time. It doesn't have to be big leaps toward, you know, this massive improvement in in how you're doing. It's it's just little improvements done one day at a time, one conversation at a time uh, that, that can make the huge difference. So that's number two was building an atmosphere that encourages feedback. The third thing is asking what, not why. You know, it's interesting. A couple episodes back, I did a uh, I did a focus on uh, recognize your blind spots. How do you know what you don't know? And one of my thing was learning to ask probing questions. And it's really important, though, in this conversation about self-awareness, that it's the type of questions that you ask that are key. And what, not why. Why does it make a difference? Why questions are a setup for victim mentality? Why questions cause you to focus on limitations, where what questions provoke curiosity and cause us to look for possibilities? What questions tend to pull us into the future? So those are three practical things. And kind of my bonus tip would be to pay attention to patterns. And that's where Let's just say, I love, there's a quote by Hemingway that says, you can't get away from yourself by moving from one place to another. And you think about how many jobs people quit because they don't like the people or they get in a 
um, a negative relationship that makes it impossible to continue to do do a good job. Well, if you, when I talk about looking for patterns, if you have moved from job to job to job with the same basic problem cropping up time after time again. It's time to look at that pattern and maybe uh, stir up a little bit of a self-awareness, ask some what questions, because you can't change other people. When we think about how hard it is to change ourselves, then we realize the folly in changing other people, that that it, it does begin with us. And that is why the self-awareness quadrant is the first quadrant of developing high emotional intelligence. I want to share with you a quote that I have actually carried around for years because it speaks deeply to me and it it does speak of self-awareness and the ability to correctly discern and understand. Um, And this is by author John Taylor. And he writes, the computer makes us fantastically more able to calculate and analyze. It does not help us to meditate. We have instruments to enable us to see everything from the nebulae to the neutron, everything except ourselves. We have immeasurably extended our gift of sight, but not of insight. For that, we have the same equipment as the 8th century prophets, potentially the same, but actually poorer. For while we have been so busy extending one aspect of the knowing of telling self, we have allowed other aspects to atrophy. We have built ourselves up into power-transmitting stations But as receiving sets, we are feeble. I think this is so true. And it is said that there are two types of people in the world. Those who think they're self-aware and those who actually are. So I hope these thoughts on increasing your self-awareness, these tips that I've shared today, help you on this journey of improving your emotional intelligence by increasing your own self-awareness. I look forward to talking to you in the next episode. Thank you for joining me today. Remember, there's uh, contact information in the show notes. You can always email me at Beverly, B-E-V-E-R-L-Y, at beverlyspeaks.com. And I look forward to being in touch because the best is yet to come.